0: Welcome to the Imagine a Place Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Shapiro, and I'm searching for voices that can help inspire a more creative and courageous youth. As the world grapples with making hybrid work more efficient and human friendly, there have been countless workplace design and strategy articles written over the last 18 months on this subject. And so often, it seems as if they're all just taking the same words and sentences and just rearranging them. A few months back though, I clicked on an article in Work Design Magazine titled Sensory Experiences Supporting a Hybrid Workplace. And this one hit differently. So I did what I always do after reading an article I love. I sent fan mail Kendra Linton was the author of that article, and that article is exactly what landed her on this podcast episode today. She's a senior associate at Nelson Worldwide, and on this episode, we break down her writing, and at the end, we tackle the topic of free address desking. Is it good? Is it bad? How can we make it better? And to start this interview off, Kendra found herself in a peculiar place. Yes. So you you are in your car. This is a first. I think I've had 150 interviews and this is, this is a first. <laughs>
1: well, you know, I think, you know, we're all learning to kind of work from wherever we can these days. And so today, today it's my car. Um, but uh, thanks for rolling with the punches here with me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Well, gosh, Kendra, I mean, I what drew me to you was your article. I, I, I don't remember exactly how I found it. I think I saw it on social. Okay. I read it and I was like, gosh, this makes a ton of sense. It's just, um, it just cuts right through some of the noise and gets right to the, like the core priorities, I think that we're trying to grapple with and understand and design now. Uh, and that was it, I needed to get you on. So I guess my first question is, is this like a, are, do you write articles? Are you a writer or was this a one-off thing?
1: So I'll give you a little introduction to my background. Before I uh, joined Um, the design field, I was, uh, like I I had a journalism degree and that career path didn't really pan out for me. So I made a pivot in uh, 2013 to move into uh, interior architecture and design. And so it's just kind of been this really interesting, um, Kind of collaboration because I have kind of like this hybrid skill set of kind of seeing things and like telling stories from my journalism background, but then also being able to kind of parlay that with the design um, design world and how we tell stories spatially as well. And so those two things kind of came together. So um, I really I love writing, and so uh, that article was really a joy for me.
0: Uh, so the title the title of the article is Sensory Experiences Supporting a Hybrid Workplace and what i like about what you did was i felt like you created some priorities and some buckets that are hard to do because it feels like sometimes space is supposed to do so many things and so you figure out like well what is it that can really make a difference so the the buckets here that i kind of wrote down was creating engaging spaces promoting connection and evolving the experience from a kind of human experience standpoint And so if you would walk us through maybe how you landed on those three things and what you've, what you created inside each of those.
1: Sure. Um, So I think for me, as I approached this article, I didn't want it to be so, uh, so expected as to talk about just the five senses and break it out as, you know, sight, sound, touch, taste, smell. I kind of wanted to layer those and be a little bit more descriptive and how they could be applied. And so in trying to think outside the box, I, I started with making connections and thinking about um, ways that uh, senses our senses can really support that. So through tactile materials, through privacy, which is so, so important right now. You know, we're hearing it from so many clients with um, Zoom calls and even just being back in person that they're looking for these more um, kind of finite, almost smaller spaces to to hold meetings and conversations. Um, and so that level of like acoustic privacy was really important to me there and making connections. Also, this idea of really ambient lighting and being able to kind of tune your environment with that, I thought was an, another interesting um, point with that as well. But I, I then kind of moved into engaging spaces and just thinking about like, what draws people to a space? I feel like for so often um, in our industry, like we talk about, okay, what is, what is the next hot amenity space? Or, you know, how are we drawing people back? But really the drawback to the office is the people and so you're you're going there for a human experience for a human connection and so for this i i thought about you know personalization like i want to show a little bit of myself in the office and i also don't want my desk to be like riddled with all of these knickknacks that you know i i might bring in to express that so just like allowing people to have some more room um to kind of like grow and 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 showcase themselves a bit and just showcase their personalities and of course a lot of this is really dependent on you know the field of work that you're in, you know, this might not be as appropriate in a financial services setting as like, um, more of like a WeWork setting, but I think, I think we're seeing more crossover with that. So I thought that was something interesting to kind of roll into that engaging spaces topic as well. I agree. Um, also just thinking about, um, comfort and, you know, I was, as I was writing this article, I was also considering the things that, bring me into a space and, and that I really look for and value. And so for me, comfort is is that I would like to work in a space that has a big kind of lounge environment, but that also has, you know, maybe a communal table that I can sit at too. So ergonomics are really important to me. And just thinking about how comfort can also parlay into engagement, so, you know, when you work in a space that you're more comfortable in and, and that feels like it suits you and your, and your personality and kind of your your work emotions that day, I think that you're going to be a more productive employee and you're really, it's really going to kind of come full circle. Um, and I, I feel like we're seeing that more with uh, our clients. It's that they're like really being very intentional uh, with the way that they're designing spaces for employees and they're really listening to employees' feedback because everyone is being so intentional with their time right now that they want to design spaces that people want to ultimately be drawn to and be productive yeah. in.
0: Yeah. It almost like, as you're describing comfort too, I, I kind of think about how the the movie theaters evolved as well. Yeah. It's almost like for, for a long time, you know, we didn't really, you, know, you, you had to go to the movies to catch great flicks. And now you know, they're everywhere. You don't have to. So what is it that's going to get me in that movie theater? But now they got the seats that recline all the way. Mm -hmm. And it's like this really kind of comfortable, more sensory rich experience.
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's kind of also like this level of like catering, catering to you and catering to your employees, right? You know, thinking of the movie theaters, you know, they have the servers now or kind of like that concierge service. So also, it might be interesting to think about how that can be layered into the workplace too. Um, I know we, we see it from time to time with there being like a barista bar or a different kind of cafe element in the spaces, but I, I think it would be interesting to consider how to kind of like expand on that experience and um, overlay yeah. some more interesting concierge moments.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. All right, now take us through that third bucket. So there's there's Promoting Connection creating engaging spaces, but then there's evolving the experience.
1: Yes. So evolving the experience to me was one of the most important ones. I think that this one really came out of this idea of experimentation. Right now we're kind of, we were for a while kind of in like this transient phase of figuring things out and like people's schedules being weird. And I now, I feel like now we've really adjusted to this, pretty much. But I think along with this idea of like experimentation really comes spaces that are flexible and can be reconfigured Mm -hmm. um, spaces that can really be tuned to the way that you work. But I also think that beyond that, we can also think about how we can kind of like service clients through experience spaces as well, and like how they're able to kind of experience their space ahead of the space being designed so um, for Mm -hmm. me this kind of rolls into like using an oculus you know that's a really immersive experience Um, but I can also see us like creating spaces in the office for that kind of technology to be used a little bit more Um, and then also just this idea of wellness this is So, and wellness is so great because we can talk about it in so many different avenues. We can talk about it through mental health. We can talk about it through physical health. But I think for me, in the vein of this, I was really thinking about, like, incorporating more outdoor spaces, how we can layer in biophilia in more meaningful ways that makes us, like, almost take care of of the plants in the space and kind of have a role in, like, metaphorically and physically like the growth of our office, right? So I think that that was also an interesting avenue that I was thinking about as I was writing this too.
0: Yeah, I, I do feel like there's there have been a lot of advancements in the understanding of the impact of space and the things in it on our health and our mindset. and I love this idea of evolving the experience. So whatever the experience has been, for the past decade, we kind of need to let go of that and 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 just explore some of these new findings around. And they're not necessarily new. It's just we're paying more attention yeah, to things like biophilia. And it's like, OK, well, that needs to be a part of whatever it is you're creating for your workspace.
1: The other thing, Doug, I wanted to talk about was um, kind of like hacking your work environment too. I think we started to Love touch it. on this a little bit as well, um, but again, like tying back to the senses and how you work best. Like we are so, um, we all kind of like share a space, right. But like, we can't really tune the lighting. We can't really always like tune the sound and that kind of thing. Um, I was doing, uh, I spent two weeks on site with a client doing a walkthrough of their space and talking to their people for a strategy session. And, um, one of the things that kept coming up was like I kept walking by a couple of offices that were dark, but people were working in them, and I thought that's so strange. So I finally popped in and I asked them, and um, one woman said that she has like chronic headaches, so having um, mm. low lighting or or the lights turned off is really helpful to her. Another person just said that they concentrate better when they're working in a dark environment. To them, it just feels more calming and and soothing. Um, so. Just thinking of ways that employees can start to kind of like hack their environments to uh, play more into their senses and, and make them, again, feel a little bit more, more comforted in, in where they're working and how they're working, too.
0: I think that's a fantastic point, especially as people sort of return to work. I mean, some of that is still going on in places we, we've already done that. But it's there's true. other places where people maybe are still reimmersing themselves, and and you want to allow them to have that same sort of hackable freedom that they had at home. Yeah, bring that with you, right? It almost feels like the the office, um, the office needs to become a little less precious.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like your your palette, right? You know, it's like a the office is like a blank slate for people to kind of make their mark in a way. Um, and, and kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with like engaging spaces and personalization, I think that that's definitely a part of kind of hacking your office experience uh, and really really making it your own. I think that's that's definitely a trend that we're starting to see maybe not to like the extreme of, you know, giving everybody, you know, a dedicated bookshelf space and all of that. But, you know, um, we are like seeing more allowance for those personalized moments. Um, and so I think it'll be interesting to see how that continues to evolve in, in spaces as well.
0: Um, can I ask a question about uh, hot desking here? Yeah. Hot desking is such a cheap word for it, but yeah, free, <laughs> free range, free range workplace. Free range yeah. I like um, it. Is, is there something like, how do you feel about that? Because we talk a lot about personalization here and bringing yourself and this, mm-hmm. you know, the office can be this blank canvas. Does free address desking, does that f- fly in the face of that? Or can it be arranged in a way that, that, that allows for that?
1: That's a great question. Um, it's something we've done a lot of thinking about. Um, our response to it is that we, we really like, uh, this idea of hoteling and free desking because, uh, number one, just from like a real estate standpoint, it it can be beneficial to clients. But again, like we want to make sure people have that personalization. So what we've kind of found is that, uh, if you give everybody like like a bin where you have kind of a locker set up that they can kind of take with them when they sit at a desk and they can keep their personal affects in that, um, then they're able to kind of have that crossover of having their own space, having their stuff at the space. But it just might not be all their stuff, you know, um, so I think that there's I think there's ways to work within that to bring personalization in into play. Um, but I think we're still we're still evolving that a lot. The hot desking is a, is not to make a pun of it, but it really is a hot topic right now um, that a lot of people are grappling with, um, and uh, for good reason too. I mean, there is with office design the sense of territoriality that often comes with with your space and with your um, with your desk and uh, your chair and how that's set up and everything. So, I think that the hoteling um, piece. Kind of comes back to you know giving people some room for their stuff like these bins that we're talking about and i think that the other side of this is really leaning into change management and teaching people how to use these hybrid spaces um and kind of um readjust the way that they're thinking about how they work and like what their office process is when they come back in um more than anything i think that that's really a big learning curve right now
0: i agree I think we can all get better at sort of educating people on what we leave behind. Cause essentially we're handing them a tool, right? It's like you yeah. know, the office isn't this kind of thing that's innately understood the way it was in the past. There's all these new spaces and technologies and ways of working. And uh, and so they, you know, people it, to, to use a tool the way it's supposed to be used, they should, you know, they need to learn. Um, and then I, I just like this idea of ownership too. You know, mm-hmm. when you have a locker or a cubby or something you take with you and it is yours, there is something then that you do own in that space. It'd be, it'd be interesting just to have the exercise of what else could they own? Like, could they own, you know, a nine by 11 space on the wall that's theirs yes. for artwork you know, that they that. bring in or or a picture frame that's empty and, it, you know, it's up to them to fill it or, or something Like, it'd be interesting to think of all the things that we could give away that don't take up a ton of real estate.
1: Yeah, I think that's so, that's such a good idea with the art integration. And again, like you're bringing your personal like self to work and like that self-expression as I'm being displayed, but it's not in a, in like a a limited environment, right? Like it's, it's something that's a little bit more free range and, and encourages exploration throughout the office. So I love that idea. That's great. Cool.
0: All right, well, maybe I can convince OFS to do it first and then Yeah,
1: there you go. And then uh, we
0: can we can <laughs> people can bring program. art in and
1: Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I love that. I love
0: that. Uh, um, all right, Kendra, how about career advice? That's a question I ask every guest and it's one of my favorite parts of every episode.
1: <laughs> so, career advice is tough. I would say um starting out as a junior designer. And even today I'm very empathetic with my teams. I always, I always listen. I'm always really careful to, um, to be respectful of everyone, no matter what the opinion is. And I think that that has personally gotten, gotten me pretty far. And I, and that's just who I am too. Like, I'm just trying to stay true to myself in many ways. Um, but I would say, you know, don't be afraid to ask for what you feel that you deserve. And if you're younger mm-hmm. and you're just starting your career out, um, don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, questions are kind of what leads to innovation, what leads to dialogue. And I, I think that that is some powerful advice that someone once gave me when I was first starting out um, that I really held on to. And I've always been really inquisitive, but like knowing that 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 was like such an integral part of growing your career um that's been really valuable for me
0: awesome. great advice. I uh, love the advice on questions i you know the advice I love to give is is ask more what if questions too you yeah know, I, I think there's so much behind a great what if question that can help you think differently and help you get out of your own way sometimes you know I agree um, but that's a that's a great answer. Well, cool. Hey, this has been great. You've been fantastic. I, I really enjoy Like I said, I loved your article and I, I love the, the knowledge you brought to this episode. I really think you'll help some people.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been so, such a great time talking to you.
0: For more design stories, visit us at OFS.com slash imagine a place. From OFS, I'm Doug Shapiro. Thanks for listening.